Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're wrapping up this series called Financial Fitness as Pastor Sean focuses on the investment of generosity and the reminder that you can't take it with you but you can send it ahead. It's time for Real Life Radio. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, you do realize the collective response to that from the believers in Corinth would have been, duh. Because they're agricultural. They totally understood agriculture. And it's like, well, that's obvious. They don't yet know he's really talking about generosity. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. You can't reap what you haven't sown. Duh. But then Paul goes, each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I love that idea. Not only when you are generous does it bless someone on the other end of that gift, he says, but it results in expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service which you've proved proved yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, wait a minute. He's talking to us about giving a gift, about being generous people. Maybe the real key is there's a gift for us in that. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is a total, these few verses here, just a seminar on the beautiful heart of generosity that God wants us to enjoy and God wants us to live in. A couple observations from this passage. Number one, generosity recognizes that God gave first. Generosity recognizes that God gave first. Okay, understood. He's the first giver. We, we know this, right? We've looked at it throughout this series, the you know, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Silver is mine, the gold is mine. It's all God's. He is the first giver and his nature is to give. Generosity is a recognition that, wait a minute, God gave to me first. He is the ultimate giver. Genesis one twenty nine. God gave man every plant to eat from. John 3.16, a passage we quote so frequently. God so loved the world that he what? He gave his son. Acts 17.25, He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. I, lo- I love this. <laughs> I love that phrase. It's like it, when, when you talk about giving to God, it's not like God's sitting there kind of on a street corner with a cup. Kind of help me out. I'm a little hurting right now. You know, people aren't giving like they used to. Heaven's getting kind of run down. You know, it, he's like, he, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. He's the ultimate giver. 
1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you recognize how giving God is? I mean, really. Because I think it's easy for us sometimes to get focused on what we don't have, you know, and start going, boy, I wish I had this, wish I had this, wish I had this. And, and that is such a waste of time because all that does is rob us of what we already have. Because when our focus is on what we don't have and what we hope to get, what we hope to get, we talked about this in the contentment talk, right? When our focus is there, we totally forget all the blessings that we do have. How do you see God? Do you see him as generous? Do you see him as the ultimate giver? I remember when we started this ministry, and I've told you this before, there were just times of really hard kind of lack of resource. We didn't have any paychecks. There was nobody paying. We were doing inner city ministry, and, well, obviously there was, you know, we weren't charging for that, and there was no money to be had there. When we started this church, okay, one thing we realized, uh, we don't have a lot of people, and those who are, they're getting saved. There's only a few who give, so there were no salaries. We were working on the outside trying to make ends meet. Things were very tight. And I've shared that with you before. It was a real journey of faith, and it was awesome because God taught us so many things about faith in that time. But one of the other things he taught us is how much he loves to bless us. It's like we're walking this walk of faith. We're doing with very little resources, living very lean in every way, but yet God just kept bringing these blessings. And it was like God said, I want you to trust me. I want you to work for a whole different motivation than just making a lot of money. He said, but I want you to know when you work for me, I'll care for you, I'll meet your needs. But I also like to bless you because I'm your father. I love you. And we totally discovered the heart of our father was blessing. He doesn't want to give blessing to the point that it becomes an idol and it becomes an obstacle, but he wants to give blessing to his children. And when we understand that and we have that view of God, so many people have a hard view of God. They think of him as stingy. They think of him as wanting to take from him. That is so far from what the scripture teaches about Father. When we understand who he really is, giving becomes a natural response of gratitude. Father, you have blessed me so much. Let me be a blessing to others. Father, you have given so much to me. Let me be one who can give. And what's interesting Genesis 1.27 reminds us that so God created man in his own image. We are made in the image of God. Now, if he's the ultimate giver, there is something in us that wants to and loves to give. Sin has marred the image of God in us. Jesus Christ, by his death on the cross, has brought redemption and has brought us back to that place in him where we are being molded in the image of Christ. And one of the things that he wants to restore is his giving nature. There's part of us that loves to give. How many of you love to be the giver? Yeah, I mean, especially if you've ever had to be the recipient, and we've all had to be the recipient, but there's a certain point where you go, yeah, I want to be the giver. Lord, let me have enough to give. Well, the scripture says that's his desire, and it says that that's very natural. We are supposed to love to give. I think there's three levels of giving that we all talk about. You have to give, that's law. Okay, we can get caught up in that. Well, I have to give, and that's the law. You ought to give because you've been given so much, and that's a sense of obligation. But I think he wants to go to the third level, which is you want to give, and that's grace. When you understand grace, when you understand the blessing of God in your own life, there's something in you that wells up and desires to give. 
1 John 3.17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. There's something in us that wants to give. A second truth Paul teaches us is generosity opens us to the blessing of God. Generosity opens us to the blessing of God. This is a powerful understanding, and that's what that kind of principle of the harvest is all about, the law of the harvest. 2 Corinthians 6, 9, okay? Can't reap what you can't sow. And this is one of those things that I think people get hung up on a little bit. God promises to bless those who give. You remember when we talked on the tithe in Malachi chapter 3, and this promise is, test me and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you'll not have enough room for it. Jesus in Luke 6.38 said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, right away, some of us kind of get a little resistant. Well, we shouldn't give so that we can receive, right? I mean, that seems a little bit childish. Shouldn't we give from purely altruistic motives? And I could argue that, but what I'm saying is just be very careful when you try to outthink God. Okay, There's a reason he told us, because something in us, There is something in us that sometimes stops because it's like, but I don't know what will happen. If I give, then I won't won't have enough. Or if I give, and, and there's just something that stops us. And this law of the harvest is something he taught us and he spoke about and he wanted us to know it's okay to give because as you give, you are now opening yourself up to the blessing of God. And if you don't, you are actually closing it off. It's like a conduit that becomes clogged. Deuteronomy 15, 7, 8 gives this beautiful picture. It says, if there's a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or, and this is the great picture, tight-fisted. That's where that phrase comes from, tight-fisted. Do not be tight-fisted toward your brother. Rather be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. And it's this beautiful picture of a tight fist versus an open hand. But skip down to verse 10 because he says, God gives generously to him... Uh, God, uh, give, uh, excuse me, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. So what he's saying is an open hand, not only is it open to bless and to give to others around you, but it is open to the blessing of God. And I want to suggest to you the tight fist, not only is it closed to bless or to, to give to those around you, it is closed to the blessing of God. Something happens. There's a spiritual dynamic And I think it's about our heart. I think what happens is God wants to teach us this open-handed approach to resources. Because otherwise it becomes an idol. A tight fist is a sign that those resources are becoming an idol to me. And that's why God can't continue to bless. God is looking for people who he can entrust resources because they will reflect his heart of giving and blessing. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear this full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. 
Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to this message called The Investment of Generosity. This is Real Life Radio. You see, one of the problems that I think many people wrestle with is a poverty mentality. A poverty mentality. It's, it's really like this, life is a zero-sum game. If I give to you, there's just less to go around, then I won't have enough. And a lot of people walk around with a poverty mentality. Here's a way you can tell if you, if you surefire test to see if you have a poverty mentality. If somebody around you, close to you, who you, you know, know or you, is kind of in your circle, if they receive an unexpected financial influx or something really good happens to them, if there's that little side of you that goes, a little bit of envy, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of, Ugh. yeah, you'd never say that openly because you look like a you know, really petty, you know, you don't, and you're not going to do that, right? But if there's something inside that just goes, hmm, not that you want bad for them, but you're just like, gee, I wish that were me. It, that reveals that something in you says, okay, there's only so much to go around. That, that went to them, so it's out of play now. It's out of play. And you're not even logically saying that. You're, that's not a rational process you're going through. But something in your heart says there's only so much to go around, and if they got it, then I can't. And that is absolutely not true according to Scripture. But you're walking around with an assumption, with a set of lenses, and you're looking at life saying, it's a zero-sum game. There's only so much to go around. That's a poverty mentality. And that leads to a tight fist. Paul gave us an absolute way to break that poverty mentality. Number three, we can afford to be generous because God is our provider. We can afford to be generous because God is our provider. We've talked about him being our provider, but one of the blessings that Paul points out in verse 11, we just read it, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You remember? He who said, remember, he said, he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Then he says, you'll be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You're like, wait a minute, God wants me to be rich? You remember what we said? Got to keep this in perspective. God wants to prosper every single one of us. His, one of his financial goals for us is prosperity, regardless of how much or how little we have in the bank. Very important principle. But he wants to increase our resources so that we can be generous. So many of us raised our hands and said, we want to be generous. God wants to give you enough resources. It says he will provide for you, not just enough to meet your needs, but he will provide enough so that you can be generous. And it's interesting because here he's saying you'll be made rich. You remember what he said to Timothy? Those who want to get rich fall into a snare or temptation. If you want to, quote, get rich, and by that, again, I'm not talking about millions in the bank. I am talking about have plenty and have extra so that you can be generous. The scripture says God's on board. He's looking for people like that. If you want to get rich so that you can hoard it for yourself and not ever have to trust God again and have everything all shored up so you don't have to worry about anything so that you got it all covered, then the scripture says, be careful, that's a snare. That's a temptation that'll lead you astray. 
powerful understanding when we understand the power of generosity. God blesses us so that we can give. Remember what he said to Abraham, Genesis 12, 2. He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And the reason I'm going to bless you, because you're going to be a blessing in the whole world. That's a, a, that's a total principle of God's resources. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. That's his desire. And, and it's, this is one of those things. This is an act of faith. Because if you don't believe that God really is going to provide for you, that as you've followed, you've, you're now walking in stewardship, you're being responsible with your resources, you're tithing, you're doing the things that the Scripture has said, you are now under that covenant of blessing and of partnership with Father with your resources. If you don't really, though, have that faith to say, God, as I begin to be generous in the world around me, you're going to provide for me. You'll never be able to go to that place of generosity that God has for you because there's always going to be that fear that holds you back. Generosity is kind of the, the grad school of resource. That's where he wants you to live. That's the place he's called us to be. That's the gift. Because, folks, God says he wants us to be cheerful givers. God wants giving to be joyful. God wants giving to be one of those things that we, again, remember we talked about 10, 10, 80. You start saving, and all of a sudden, after a while, that savings begins to grow, and now all, a need comes up, or someone in your neighborhood has a need, or someone, so there's a ministry that you want to give to, or someone that you want to bless, and you go, somebody should do something, and wait a minute, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. I have something to give. I can actually be that vehicle of blessing that God wants to use. And boy, I'm telling you, when you start to see your resources as in partnership with Father, doing his work around the world, that's when the good stuff starts to happen, folks. That's when we begin to see kingdom work happening through monopoly money, material resources. It is a gift and a blessing to give, and God wants to set us free so that we can be generous. Acts 20, 35, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But what if I'm afraid? What if I don't trust? Remember how Jesus said, to train your heart where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So it's kind of really, you just really, you go Nike on it, just do it. Just do it. You know, really, I don't know another way. There's no quick and easy way to overcome fear, but to face it and just go, okay, God, you showed me a need, I believe you want me to do something about it, and I have the resources to do it. Just quit whining like a little girl and just get it and do it and see what happens. Excuse me to any little girls in the room. You are empowered, empowered. <laughs> That's an evidence that I'm an old guy, okay? Just remember, if I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. I've got an account, and I'm investing in that account. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Generosity reveals the heart of God to a lost world. That's maybe my favorite part of this whole thing. Because he said our giving results in thanks to God. Our giving results in praise to God. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices God is pleased. Why is he pleased? Because he loves people. He loves people. He loves to bless. And here's something that I think Paul is alluding to. When we are generous, people begin to praise God. When we are generous, people give thanks to God. And here's the deal, folks. We never look more like our Father. The family resemblance is never more striking and noticeable than when we are generous. And it saddens me to hear the way people talk about the church. 
I hear all these things and I go, that's not the church I grew up in. I know the church to be generous. I know the church to be loving. I know the church can do stupid things. I know there's church, a church full of people, okay? Anywhere, anytime you put people together, there's going to be garbage as well as good stuff, right? But when people of God walk together in biblical community, it is a beautiful thing. And generosity is like this reflection of God's nature. It's a reflection of his character to the world around us. I want to challenge you. Let's go to that next level of financial management. As God helps us get our resources together, as our faith is built and we watch him change us and we watch our heart begin to change, let's intentionally be people of mission with our resources by saying, I'm going to become a generous person and I'm going to give where the Lord lays in my heart to give. And I'm going to err on the side of grace and blessing. If I, if, if I can't be perfect, if I can't write a perfect line, I'm going to err on the side of grace and blessing. Okay? And, and there is, there's this thing, there's, you know, there's always wisdom. I want to give you some practical, right before you go, I want to give you some very practical stuff on, okay, where do I give to then? All right, I want to be generous. I've started to accumulate a little bit of savings and some stuff, and I'm, I'm working now, and I, I have a little bit that I want to be generous with. How do I do this? Well, what do I give to? I think you give to kingdom work. I think you give to the poor. I think you give to one another. Quite frankly, I think you give to anyone in need. Here's a good rule of thumb. Um, think of things that are eternal. As we think about this life, some things are going back in the monopoly box. What things are not? What's eternal? People. People and things of the kingdom, which is all about people. God connecting with, saving, redeeming people. People are eternal. And so if I want to give long-term, I want to give to things that are eternal. So keep your eyes open to what's God doing. What's he, what's he doing and saying? What do I want to be a part of? Uh, some very wise advice I got as far as, and this was really for leaders of churches, but it applies everywhere. Give to fruit. You have to be very careful because, you know, give to fruit. When in talking about ministries that we want to support and give to, we always evaluate what are they doing, what kind of fruit is there. Because there are some great-hearted ministries that are just kind of misguided and just kind of squandering resources. And we want to look and say, what's the fruit when we give to ministries? What's the fruit, and how can I support it? Yeah, but they're my good friend. Well, maybe you're supposed to do that, and that's great. That's fine. But I encourage you, be wise. Give to fruit. When you're giving resources to the poor, be wise and give long-term. Try to really help. I can't tell you how many people I have taken and bought a meal for because they asked me if I had some money for food. It would be much easier just to give money. But we got a group of guys on a street corner as we, as we drive home, actually the way we used to drive home, street corner, and, you know, it's always I'm traveling to such and such, and, dude, you've been here for months, and you're always over at the, the Valero there drinking beer with your buddies out front. You know I know you, right? So I'm not necessarily going to give cash. In fact, I almost never give cash. Recently heard of a kind of a relative of a friend of mine who got scammed by someone. Just trying to be a Christian. But came out, and, and the first step, all good. You know, can you help us with some food? Great, I'm going to take you to buy food. And then he went and took them and bought groceries and then bought clothes for the kids. But then all of a sudden he was told about a medical issue and he started giving to this person for this medical issue. $50,000 later, realized, I don't think there's a medical issue. 
$50,000. Um, do you know how you, how you deal with that, folks? If you're going to give to a medical issue, which that may be something God has you do, and that's a wonderful thing to do, give it to the doctor. Give it to the hospital. Don't hand the person hundos. Okay? Seriously, be wise stewards, but be generous. Be generous because actually someone who's trying to scam, it's not helpful. Here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't say blow them off because they're trying to scam. The harder work is to actually get down and try to help. Try to walk with someone and help lift them, get them connected in community, actually be part of the solution. That's part of a generous heart. So I just want to challenge us to be people who are strategically generous. Begin looking. It can be something as simple. You've got a neighbor whose fence is broken, and you know how much it costs to go buy some slats over at Home Depot and go help fix the fence. Doesn't take much. I know someone who, a family who really struggles, and school supplies is a blessing. Well, I, I can buy school supplies. Very practical, very real, but how cool is it to begin to walk around and say, God, you've given me resources. How do we want to use your resources, Father, and begin to be people with a kingdom vision? Folks, this is where the good stuff is, and this is now rising up to higher levels of maturity when it comes to finance. I want to challenge you as your pastor. This is what God has for us, and this is where the good stuff is. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear the full, unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.